Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Will. I'm the host of Conversations About Dot Dot Dot. Today, I get the awesome opportunity to interview an awesome artist that I've been following for a while. Uh, his name is Damian Scott. My first experience with Mr. Scott's artwork involves the DC Comics Batgirl artwork. Uh, but then, you know, I got to see him do a really cool, awesome cover and a story to a, 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 a series that DC did for a while called Solo, where he did a little story for Superman. He had a really cool Superman cover where he had the you know, he had the shirt rip and uh, laser beams fired out of the eyes and everything. He had the shirt, shirt rip with the Superman symbol under there. And then, you know, he's done some hip-hop covers for Marvel and different things like that. He's also done, I believe it was a creator-owned project called Excel, where he had a superhero that he was able to illustrate and things like that. So that was really cool. And so I've just been able to follow him for a while. And so the opportunity to get him on here is really awesome. So first things first, Mr. Scott, say hello to the people. Peace. You know, my name is Damian Scott. Nice to meet everybody that's out there listening to this. You know, hopefully you get something informative out of it. All Thanks right. for having me, Will. No problem, man. No problem. So first things first, I want to just, as always, we start with an origin story because everybody has one. So we like to just find out things like where you grew up as a kid, uh, things you geeked out to as a kid, you know, kind of take us from, from the beginnings of it to how we went from there to how you got into this world of comic books. And I know you've done some action figure design stuff as well. I know there were some sketches out there you did for some Batman figures and stuff like that. So kind of take us how you got into that world. So you can start at the beginning and work your way forward however you want to. Uh, copy that. I mean, basically I grew up in Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Like still live in Brooklyn. I traveled a lot, but I always come back here. I don't know, I don't know what it is. You know, that's, that's just home ground right here. And, you know, I started drawing when I was like eight. You know, just messing around, mostly looking at other artists, you know, kind of just like trying to figure out what art was. Um, kind of decided around high school that I wanted to start taking it more seriously, that I wanted to go pro and, you know, figured that I wanted to do comics because, you know, not only is it a great art form, but it's also a great training ground for artists simply because you have to learn how to draw everything. You know what I mean? Like drawing comics will equip you as an artist to work in any art form, essentially, if you go about it the right way. So I um I went to Joe Kubert School in New Jersey. Uh, at the time, Joe Kubert was actually still teaching there. I was fortunate enough to have him as a teacher in my, in my final year. Learned a lot there, you know, learned just as much from the students as I learned from the teachers. And, you know, did my best in school, just, just try to excel. You know, like, like that was that was a place where for the first time I could see where I stood as an artist against other artists, you know, mm -hmm. like seeing other artists in my age group. And, you know, going there, I kind of felt like I think I could do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, if this is where everybody's at, then, then I'm definitely there. You know what I mean? Okay. And got, luck, got lucky after that, you know, uh, at some point during our graduation year, we had a field trip to uh, DC Comics. Like they took the whole student body. Okay. And uh, we had editors basically review all of our portfolios and they saw my stuff. They liked it. They gave me a call back. And I think I was working a couple months later. Okay, that's really awesome. That's really awesome. That's really great. Um, now I've got some questions to kind of follow up. First of all, where uh, other than drawing, were there things you geeked out to as a kid? Were there cartoons that you watched, comics that you were reading at the time? I mean, yeah, I was a typical, I was a typical, you know, 
New York kid. I was into everything. Saturday morning cartoons, G.I. Joe, Transformers, you know, um, uh, mask, like, you know, whatever was on Saturday morning back then, 1980s, 1990s, I was watching it. Um, Japanese stuff too, Robotech, Macross, you know, Voltron, like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I really didn't um, get really into comics until I would say late junior high school. You know, like we didn't really have any comic stores around. His comic books were still on newsstands back then. They used to come in these like, like these like three for two dollar bags where it'd be like like one Spider-Man comic on the front. You had no idea what was in the middle. Right. Something slightly subpar on the back. And then you open it up in the middle would be like an Archie comic and shit, you know what I mean? Right, <laughs> like, right, right, got Mad disappointed. You know, so junior high school, like, you know, that's how I followed comics. I got more into it in high school. And I say, that's like the 90s now. Now you're talking like Jim Lee coming out, Rob Liefeld, like Tom McFarlane, and like all those guys with Big Boom. And, you know, that whole movement, you know, those dudes are definitely like a big inspiration, you know, like a big influence on my work. Yeah, I just saw the news about Todd McFarlane creating the Spawn universe in June. So, like, he's basically branching out his big baby product and saying, you know, there's more than just one hell spawn. So now we're going to do a whole universe of them. You know, yeah, I, I think mean, that's I pretty think, cool. I think that's dope. I think as 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 artists, we constantly got to like push ourselves to get our full imagination out there. You know what I mean? Like, and Todd is capable of of, of great things. He's definitely no. No one trick pony, you know. It's only a matter of time before his universe would unfold. You know? Okay, he, yeah. he could be a Jack Kirby. You know yeah, literally, like I mean, he could definitely. I mean, maybe the hell spawns to his version of the New Gods. You know what I mean? And, yeah, basically, you know, basically, yes. Okay, it's, it's something that I endeavor to do at some at some point. Something I'm starting in the like creep up on now, especially with my work with um with Will, with the Will I Am and the Black Eyed Peas. Like they they really give me an opportunity to like create my own stuff. You know? Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, I saw something from that. I was doing a little research. I was like, what has he been doing now? I knew Excel came out a while back. I was like, what's he been doing lately? I know I just saw the cover for I believe it was the Marvel Zombies Resurrection stuff. So I saw the cover of I believe it might have been an angel or somebody kind of zombified flying through the air. Or something like that. I was just like, you know, yeah. what, what, yeah. now, you know, I was just like, man, you know, this, I mean, the thing about the artwork I love about it, there's such a kinetic flow, but at the same time, there's an urbanness to it. Like, it almost feels like, like what I, what I first, like, case in point, you know, I'm showing off, I know y'all can't see it, but I'm showing off the cover of Silent Night, where they did, where he did the first big run that I was influenced by that I saw. And, you know, I saw Batgirl for the first time, the way he drew him. Now, of course, that was a famous Batgirl cover that came out beforehand. Nothing to knock that artist, but it was a very beautiful painted Cassandra Kane with a black on black costume. But when I saw this version, I thought, man, I would I could see this being on a building somewhere. I could see somebody tagging a building somewhere with this design. Yeah. And so when I saw that, I was like, that's unique. That's just different. You don't see something that it's while it sound work in your anatomy, while it sound work in your backgrounds and stuff like that. But it also pops in such a way where it almost feels like I'm literally reading a comic book that's like a graffiti, a series of, it's not just the storytelling from the comic perspective, but there's a bit of a, there's a bit of that richness. And when you said you came from Brooklyn, I'm kind of like, okay, so maybe now I'm starting to kind of understand where some of that influence and that graffiti and things like that come from. Because when I see your artwork, that's one thing it makes me think of. Uh, No, I mean, bro, like straight up, 
I drew that cover sitting at my mama's table in Flatbush, dog. Like, I didn't even have a studio or nothing back then. I was fresh out of school. And, like, I drew that at my mom's dining room table. Like, I feel like I have I have an interesting advantage being that I'm from New York because, you know, a lot of comic books are big city. And, you know, I've been drawing buildings and drawing, you know, just a, a living city since I was a little kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could draw mm -hmm. cities off the top of my head without a ruler. It ain't nothing. It ain't nothing to it. Oh, wow. So, like, you know, working on back. Yeah, for real. Working on Batgirl, working on Spider-Man. Spider-Man's always been my favorite character to work on, specifically because of that. Because it gives me opportunities to draw New York from my own unique perspective. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like New York is a character in a Spider-Man book, or at least should be. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um... Yeah, yeah. So like, when it comes to anything urban, yeah, I'm ready to kill that. Don't throw me on the western though. Like, I might have a problem with some horses. <laughs> well, speaking of horses, you know, another place I saw your artwork that I really saw, you know, some artwork of yours was in the Ghost Rider run and the Robbie Reyes stuff. And I was just yeah, like, yeah. I was just like, wow, that's cool too. Because then again, it was that it was that fluidity that was going on. So you you went on this you went on the field trip to DC. You started work. Did you immediately start on Batgirl, or did you start working on other stuff? Um, my first official project at DC was they they had this uh, a Christmas special for DCU Holiday Bash that would come mm -hmm. out you know once a year around the holidays, and they kind of used it as a training ground for new artists. You know, like if they wanted to try somebody out, you know, they could try them there without you know being all like out there. Mm -hmm. So I think it was um like a, maybe a 10 page short story about some DC villain trying to break out of jail. And from there, uh, Batman No Man's Land was happening at the time. You know, mm -hmm. it was like a big crossover about an earthquake devastating uh, Gotham. And uh, I had to draw another short story for another annual about a couple that was entering one of the Joker's secret hideouts that was demolished after the earthquake. And while they're like checking out his hideout, they end up triggering a bomb and Batgirl makes an appearance and comes to save them. Mm -hmm. And that was actually the first time I ever drew Batgirl. I think it was literally like one, one panel and a half of her like in the shadows. Oh, wow. And for whatever reason, they, yeah, for real, for whatever reason they liked it. And they put me on the list of names that they were considering for the monthly book. And a few months later, I was drawing the monthly book. Okay. All right, so you went from Batgirl and, and, and probably, and, and I don't know, but I mean, you, you gained, it seems like you probably gained a lot of notoriety from Batgirl. So where did Batgirl take you once you were done with what was done with that? I mean, Batgirl was dope, cause like, actually at the same time that they offered, that DC offered me Batgirl, I'd still been looking for work at Marvel and Marvel asked, offered me, um, I think at the time it was Deadpool and Ghost Rider. And I always thought it was weird. I was like, how is it that I'm a year into the industry and I'm being offered like three monthly books right now by two companies? Wow. And I chose, I, you know, I had a thing for Deadpool too. I had a thing for, for Ghost Rider. And I always really wanted to work with Marvel more. Like I've always been more of a Marvel head. But Batgirl was like, nobody had done it yet. So it was an opportunity to just create the look of the book, create the character, you know, like there was nothing that people would be able to judge me against. They, so I outright chose Batgirl and it was dope because I was still new in the industry and I got to develop there. You know, I got to like experiment. I got to, you know, try new things. If you really look at my backdoor run, there's probably like 
seven or eight distinctive style phases that I went through. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it, it was definitely like a learning ground. After Batgirl, um, um, I went over to Marvel for a while and worked in a Spider-Man book, uh, Spectacular Spider-Man. Like, um, I think Humberto Ramos was leaving the book at the time and I came in to fill in for him. And, you know, I always dreamed of the wrong Spider-Man, but I kind of had a weird experience at Marvel at the time. It just wasn't what I expected. You know, the industry was kind of still in shambles back then. Mm -hmm. So I ended up going back to DC pretty quick. But, but by then I kind of, you know, my head about me in terms of like, what I want to do with my art and, you know, and, and seeing my place in the industry. So yeah, back row was good for me, bro. Okay. So I'm gonna tell you one of my favorite scenes in Batgirl, one of my favorite books in the series is one called Nobody Dies Tonight. And it was where she went through this whole thing where like she was making uh, sure nobody died. Like, and then there was another one where, uh, and this is, this whole run was really good because it was when there was a kid who had the ability to like rewrite stuff in the brain. So he like touches her and like all of a sudden she can speak clearly, but she can't fight anymore because her whole thing yeah, was yeah, yeah. her words were her actions. So she had been taught all her life all this stuff by Kane. And so she physically, you know, she signed, she did all the regular stuff, but it was like she she didn't speak. And so when all of a sudden she learns to speak, now she's got to figure out how to learn all these skills again, physical skills. And so like basically yeah. she's going to Lady Shiva yeah. and Lady Shiva basically gives her a year. It says, you know, you got a year to learn from me and then we're going to fight again. And when we fight again, I'm going to kill you. And there's this point where, like, she has stolen a bracelet from her. And you see Cassandra, she's fighting and she's taped up and everything. She's already battle damaged. And then, like, she's like, okay, I agree. And then she hands her the necklace, hands her the bracelet back. And when she does, she extends her arm out, repops it out of socket and punches Shiva in the face. And I'm just like, <laughs> dude. I love that scene because I'm just sitting there going like it reminded me of old school Kung Fu flicks growing up because that's yeah, what I'm saying. so it's just like this whole idea. Now she's got to go on this path to relearn everything she knows from a physical fighting standpoint that came naturally to her up until that point. And so, but it was that kinetic yeah. style. So how did you? Because here's the thing I love too: your action is. I mean, I don't know many people in my collection of stuff that draw action the way you do. Whether it's a person running like an Excel, whether it's a person swinging on a web the way you draw it like Spider-Man does, or Cassandra going in a fight mode and fighting 40 people in a room and like handling it like it's nothing. So where do you get those inspirations for a lot of the, this action, man? I gotta know. Uh, I mean, with the action scenes, man, I mean, I love, it's my favorite part of drawing a comic. Um, like. My thing with action scenes is movement. You know, like you gotta be able to feel the kinetics of the character moving in any different direction. And you gotta feel that, you know, within the limitations of the page. So like, I try to constantly take advantage of the eye's natural movement when reading something and use it to kind of forward the momentum of the action. And that, that I think really does a lot. It's also just in a matter of, you know, tricks you use with timing, you know, like, uh, like, you know, using a lot of panels to like, you know, show that something is happening really fast or, you know, pulling back when something, you know, is, is, is bigger and more dynamic. It's, it's, it's a lot of tricks, man. And my, my thing was always to try to find a way to do it 
in a new fresh way every time. Like I never wanted to do something twice. You know right. what I'm saying? And I think like that was probably the biggest challenge of the book. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, back girls kicking ass again. Like, how do I do it different this for the 30th time? Yeah. Well, yeah, like but the whole, like, it, but challenging had, I mean, she own. to Yeah, I was just saying one time she fought Batman. Yeah. I mean, she held her own I mean, like, Batman. Yeah. I mean, she's a she's a dope character when when they first offered me the book for the first time, like her actual costume was created by Alex Maliev, you know, a fellow artist, fellow mm-hmm. Cuber school alumni also. But her look underneath the costume was designed by me. And when they gave me the job, in my head, the first thing I thought was this girl is a female Bruce Lee. And throughout the whole course of the book, I, I held to that. Like, you know, this is this is if Bruce Lee had a daughter that was iller than him in this costume. You know what I mean? And I grew up on Kung Fu flicks too. I grew up on all that Shaolin stuff. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Me and my brother were big into that. So like, you know, all that inspiration, you know, a little, a little Quentin Tarantino, a little, it's, it's a little it's an amalgamation of a lot of different things that I was into. There's Frank Miller in there, there's Matt Wagner, you know, the, you know, there's Will Eisner, there's Alex Toe, there's just like, especially at that point in my career, I was still develop. I still hadn't really developed my own tricks yet. So I was more like using the amalgamation of all the favorite things that I like, you know what I mean? Of all the different things that I thought were successful. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we, we, we go from Marvel back to DC. And so kind of take us from there to, cause like I said, I, 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 you know, I know your work from different points. And so like I said, if you can take us kind of from DC to Excel, and kind of work your way that way. So we can kind of keep your timeline going. Uh, let's see, from DC to Excel. DC, I worked on, when I returned to DC, I worked on Robin for about a year, a year and a half. Um, that was cool. Robin's always been one of my all-time favorite, you know, DC characters. I love the the red, gold, and green. Like, that's Africa. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was it was Robin, but for me, I was growing Africa. And, um that was cool. It was at the time when they introduced the female Robin, Stephanie Brown. Brown. And I got to design, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to design her too and draw her for like, you know, I think she was only around for three or four issues, but but that was, you know, some really, really cool stuff. Um after that, do after Stephanie Brown. Um I worked on solo. Mm-hmm. And uh like to really dig into like the graffiti roots on that, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of those pages were literally drawn with like graffiti markers. But like they, the pages are huge; they're like three times the size of a regular combo page, and they're just drawn with like Art Deco markers and whatnot. My goal there is each page looked like a graffiti burner, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that was dope. That was that's probably still one of my favorite projects that I've worked on. Uh, okay. From you solo. Did- you did Raven too, right? Uh, Raven solo, too? I went to Japan. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was getting there. after. Yeah, after Solo, I went to Japan and I worked on Raven in Japan. Oh um, wow! Okay. Uh, Raven was cool too. Raven was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what took you to Japan? What took me to Japan? I always wanted to go to Japan ever since I was a little kid. You know, like I said, like me and my brother grew up on martial arts flicks and whatnot, and and uh. You know, Godzilla, you know, Ultraman and all that. So it was always on my bucket list. And literally, I, what took me there was just one day I was out at a party in Manhattan and 
I met a girl and she was like, dude, like, you know, I just came back from Japan on tour or something. Like her sister was a model or some nonsense. And she was like, dude, if you got $1,500 in your bank account, go to Japan now. And literally the next day I bought a ticket to Japan. Oh, wow. <laughs> and just, just went by myself, just me, yeah, straight up. <laughs> just went by myself, just me and my knapsack. I was also working on uh, how to draw hip hop at the time. So I brought my work with me, just went out there to hang out for a couple weeks, which turned into a, which turned into me coming back to America and then going back out there for another eight years. Okay, so you, you did that, you went through that journey. So then the next question is, so you come back, now, I know you did some of the hip-hop covers for Marvel at some point. So what brought you back to Marvel? I know you had, you said you had some bad experiences at Marvel or some different experiences. I'm not going to say bad, just some different experiences that you expected. So what brought you back to do some of those hip-hop covers and things like that at Marvel? I mean, it, it just, you know, when I came back from Japan, I feel like I was a different artist. Like, I feel like I knew who I was now. I feel like, you know, the stuff that I learned, learned in Japan just you know, changed my whole outlook, changed my whole understanding of what art was. I feel like, I, I'll honestly tell you, I feel like I didn't even know what art was until I went to Japan. And I came, I came back actually after that huge earthquake that hit, you know, around 2011. And, you know, just, you know, Axel Alonso at Marvel was always a good friend. And he knew that, you know, I was in the earthquake and I guess he felt like he wanted to help me get back on my feet. So he, you know, do me as much work as he could on the hip hop covers and whatnot. It, the hip hop covers was also like an interesting thing because it was kind of like full circle. Because when I was at Marvel for that brief period, I had pitched a hip hop project that I'm not gonna lie is very similar to Miles Morales. Okay. <laughs> and um, yeah, this is this is uh, I I get myself in trouble, but anyway. <laughs> That was very similar to Miles Morales and it kind of fell apart and it was one of the reasons that I had left. And, you know, so Axel hiring me to do, you know, the hip hop covers was kind of like a weird, <laughs> like full circle kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I feel like in some way, like the idea to do hip hop in comics came through that pitch. And, you know, five years later, they were doing hip hop in comics. Yeah. I've always thought it was interesting hearing kind of the story from Miles and how they were trying to, they weren't even really dealing so much with the comics, they were dealing more with the movies. And so they were like, well, you know, I mean, we just had this, you know, Dark Knight reboot that really did well. Maybe we could reboot Spider-Man. That's what they ended up hiring, hiring, you know, Andrew Garfield. And they were just like, you know, we could, we could, we could, you, we could do all sorts of things. We could make Spider-Man black if we wanted to. Because Stanley always said, anybody can be under the mask, right? And so then there was this petition for a while to get Donald Glover to be Spider-Man. So then, a bunch of people were either like, man, yeah, I won't, I won't watch the next Spider-Man movie with Donald Glover's in it. Or everybody was like, kill him. You know, it's just kind of that thing. And he even talked about that in his stand-up show, Weirdo. And he just talked about that whole thing. And then somebody, he said, the funniest thing he got, though, there was a person that got on the deal and was talking about, he said, oh, we're just going to turn Spider-Man black. We're just going to turn Spider-Man black. Why don't we just make Shaft white? Why don't we just have Michael Sarah play Shaft? And Donald Glover was just like, yes, please. He said, I played it. What's the one comment? That was the one. He's like, Yes, I will go broke watching that movie daily. It's Michael Sarah's ass, <laughs> man. I was just like, I was just so like, like, how do you go there in your head? But then that eventually spawned Bendis to create Miles, you know, from that little thing. Cause like I said, it was more, they were more dealing with the movie side at that time. So 
It's really kind of interesting how that works. Um, and so you, and so you, you go to do the hip hop covers. Which was your favorite hip hop cover? I'm just curious. I know there's the books out there with all the hip hop covers. A lot of people are still chasing after those. Yeah, yeah. I get people asking me for them all the time. <laughs> like I'm a comic store and shit. <laughs> nah. Um, probably my favorite one is the Funk Pressure Plus cover. I actually kind of requested that one because I, I you know, like who, how many people at that time like really knew about LP and Company Flow. You know, I was a big company flow head, you know, back in, in the early 2000s or whatever. Mm. And I just always thought that that was like a classic album, classic album cover that nobody really knew about. And that if you were really going to like do a hit, do hip hop albums, you had to get the underground stuff in there, too. You had to get the stuff that wasn't so common. Yeah. And yeah, actually was still editor at the time. And he was like, he was, he was with it 100. That's yeah. So yeah. yeah. Spider-Man for that cover was, was 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 great. You know what I'm saying? Like like yeah, definitely Funk Pressure Plus. Yeah, I I kind of I'll you know it's funny because of course the curse we heard yesterday Prince Marky D and the Fat Boys passed away, and I thought to myself, man, it would have been interesting. I don't know how you would done yeah. it, but I don't. But but to have like a Fat Boys cover, for the hip hop cover, I feel like Fat Boys were always kind of under underrated for a lot of the stuff they were doing at the time. You know what I mean? And so I always feel like they were this group that was out there that yeah. you know, there, were nah, bigger, well, I, there were bigger dudes, you know, it's like they, they nah, bro, like I was a big fat boy. Yeah, I was a big fat boys fan as a kid. I I like legit went to all their movies in the theaters, you know. That was like a few times I actually paid to see a movie in the theaters back then. See the Brooklyn <laughs> kid, like like they 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 were like, you know, one of those groups. That could that transcended hip hop, in my opinion. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It was like they were entertainers. They were they were like comedians. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and uh, man, like it was it was hard it was hard to hear the news today. You know, you know, like, but I think you know, it's good that they're back in the news again. It's good that you know they're out there again. It's good that people are gonna be out there like digging into this stuff. You know what I'm saying? I'd love to see like Netflix pick up their movies. You know what I mean? Like. They need to get be back in like the cultural canon, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I would have loved to have done a Fat Boys cover. It just, you know, didn't come come about at the time. Right, right. So we go from the hip hop covers, and then we continue on. So let's continue down your timeline there for me. Sure, sure. So let's see. I'd say after the hip hop covers um, was probably XL. Um, uh, Joe Illich was one of my editors working at uh, DC Comics on Batgirl, and he's a fellow brother, and uh, we um, we always had a good relationship, a good friendship, and he joined Lionforge, and you know, you know, called me pretty soon after and asked me if I wanted to do the book, and I always like speedster characters, you know, like they're the perfect character to, you know, show what I could do with action and and, and movement, momentum, and, and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So that was a no-brainer. And, got, and it was also cool because I got to design the character, design, create the look of the book, and I got to do some experimenting in the book in ways that I probably couldn't have done in that Marvel. So like, I look at Excel, it's like a nice little gem, a nice little, you know, a nice, a nice little footnote in my career. Mm -hmm. um, after Excel, I pretty much started working for the Black Eyed Peas, Will I Am on his Masters of the Sun project. And um, that's pretty much still, I'm still working within the Black Eyed Peas camp. So how did that I'm come about? Now did, they come to, now, did they come to you and say, hey, you know, we're working on this thing. We want to do this comic book and we want you on it. Or how did that come about for you? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, 
from what I understand, uh, the, the guy that was a, a project manager at the time, uh, Ben Jackendorf, had shown Will, I guess, a few artists that were potentials. And for whatever reason, Will chose me. And um, yeah, you know, we, we knocked out that first book. Um, came out it had a great it, it it blew me away when it came out because i had no idea it's crazy like i actually went to san diego con when it released and i had no idea all that they had plans to do with the book i didn't know about the ar app i didn't know about you know all the celebrities doing the voices it's crazy like Redman's in there snoop dogg and jamie fox and all of that Rosario mm -hmm. dustin so like it it you know started out as a comic book and became this huge different like collaborative technologically advanced thing mm -hmm. and you know ended up going out to LA a lot you know to meet up with Will and in their offices and he's like super into um you know being inventive into making new stuff and you know telling black stories in new ways so he's you know he's all about wanting to do more books all about wanting to create a sort of black university character okay so that kind of actually so I'm at the navigating. Yeah, that kind of leads me into another question. Now, of course, uh, we've got, you know, of course, they announced it initially at during um, during DC Fandom last year. And then we got the digital version of the book for, you know, just like this past week for the milestone returns. And so they're going to start rolling that stuff out again. I think that book, the book zero is going to come out for print in May. So let's 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 ask this question now you're working with this stuff well i am um in a world where somebody said you know what we're willing to pay you money uh you create whatever you want to create uh you work on whatever character you want to work on and i'm gonna do this in two parts the first part will be milestone specific and then the next part will be any character so if you could take any character that was a milestone based character and you said, I, I want to work on that particular story and put that out in a series. Which character would you work with on that? That's easy. That would probably be Static Shock or it would be Hardware. Okay. Yeah. I, I was I was a big Dennis Cohen fan. Like, um, um, Dennis Cohen is, is, is the one who made me believe that I could become a comic book artist, to be 100% honest with you. Like, um, I... I went to a comic con at some point in high school and you know i've been reading comics and really into it and kind of had the idea that i wanted to be a comic book artist but didn't really know how realistic it was mm -hmm. and i went to comic con to see i think it was jim lee and rob liefeld this is when like rob liefeld is still on x-force i remember seeing like dennis cohen in a corner like like signing copies of i think he was working on uh what was that book at uh, marvel the other robot dude uh, uh, I can't remember his name. Anyway, Deathlock. Deathlock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's working on Death. Yep, he's working on Deathlock, and I saw him, and I'm like, "Holy shit, Dennis Cohen's is black. You can be black and draw comics." <laughs> it was like earth changing, bro. I think like legit, my career started in that moment. And uh, so yeah, it would definitely be hardware. It would definitely be Static Shot 100. percent Okay. Yeah, I think in a perfect world, because um, I like. I, I love, I could see your work doing that because that'd be really interesting, that kinetic flow and stuff. And with Static's powers being electric based, I mean, of course, you could do some crazy stuff with how he moves and everything. Yeah. And so let's take it up another level. Yeah. And, and, oh, go ahead. 
No, I was gonna say, and he's youthful. I like the youthful characters. You know, I like the teenagers. I like the kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, 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 that's where the energy, you know, really spills out in the artwork. You know, when you're drawing a teenager. When drawing a teenager, gotcha, gotcha. So then, if you could say, okay, I want to work on a character that that I've never worked on before in any comic universe. You know, you can go Dark Horse, DC, Marvel, wherever. You say you want to work on one of those characters. Which one would that be? I'd say right now, the character I'd most like to do a little run on is Silver Surfer. It's been an itch, you know what I mean? Like, I'd love to draw the aliens, you know, I mean, the alien planets, you know. I'd love to draw, I enjoy drawing Silver Surfer. He's also a really energetic character. And I, it's not something I was ever into. Before. Like, I've, I've always been into the character, but it's not something I've ever been into drawing before. So like, I think it would be a new challenge and I definitely feel like I could murder it. So we'll see what happens down the line. Okay, hey, who knows? I mean, especially with the stuff, the fallout with King and Black, man, anything could happen. You know, they could they definitely do, I mean, depending on how they use him in King and Black, I mean, yeah, he could get know. a solo series. I mean, we're already getting a Beta Ray Bill series coming out of stuff with Thor. So, I mean, who's to say? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I know you mentioned some, you mentioned some really awesome artists that you were inspired by, especially early on. Who are some artists that you really are digging now? Um, let's see. I'd say, you know, I like what Sanford Green is doing. I like what, you know, Kari Randolph is doing. I like what uh, Trad Moore is doing. Trad Moore is probably one of my favorite comic book artists right now. Like, I think he's like, he's really pushing it in a way that's like super cool. Um, yeah, those are those are probably my 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 top three guys right now that I'm, that I'm looking at. Okay, all right. Uh, what's on David Scott's pull list? Um, I actually haven't been reading as much as I should. Definitely Miles. Um, still reading Batman. Still reading, you know, pretty much you know anything X Men. But for the most part, <clears throat> I've been. I ha it's kind of these days. I have I have one hand in comics and I have you know one hand in like like the music industry doing like whatever art or, you know, like promotional art, posters or CD jackets or whatever that, you know, recording artists need. So it's like, and and, and seeing as that's a, a newer industry for me, I've been more invested into that. It's kind of comic books has kind of become a little bit of a backdrop, but, um, um, and I've always been, I've always been a little bit distant in terms of, you know, reading what's coming out now simply because I never wanted to be too influenced by what's on the market. You know, like, especially early in my career when I was trying to figure myself out, mm -hmm. I didn't want, the worst thing you want to hear is, hey, this guy draws like this guy, or this guy draws like that guy. So for me, like at some point, I made a conscious effort to just like, kind of like plug myself out so that whatever I was doing was 100% my voice, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you didn't want to be the next Ed McGinnis, you don't want to be the next Jim Lee, you don't want to be the next uh, Rob Liefeld and the next Rob Todd McFarlane, you wanted to be the first Damien Scott. Facts. Facts. You know, and, and the easiest way to do that was to was to not be looking at that stuff. When you look at stuff, you can't help but be influenced by it. You know, you mm. know. but if you kind of like plug yourself out, then you're like, you know, you're in your own world. Okay. So, yeah. going to that, because now that leads me into another thing. So if an artist is listening to this and they say, well, man, you know, I know I don't have the money to necessarily go to the Kubrick school and 
go to these schools have education for a period of time. I mean, I know everybody needs some sort of education in Atlanta art. Of course, there's many great people that'll tell you that they're self-taught, different things like that. And I'm not really going to get in that debate, but what I'm going to simply ask you is what's something you would recommend to an artist or something, that, you know, as far as just, if an artist came to you and said, man, how do I get better at this thing called art? What would be the thing you would advise them? I, I would advise going to school. I think for me, Cuba, going to the Cuba school is an incredibly rich experience. Um, I don't think going to art school is going to make you a good or a great artist, but I think that there are things that you learn in art school that like fundamentals that you learn and you know like i said like I, I learned as much from my fellow students that i did from my teachers you know that i think you're kind of missing if you don't have when you're trying to develop yourself as an artist and um you know just the outside opinions that you get from you know working with other students your age and you know, the breaking down of the artists and breaking down, you know, your own problems with your work, you learn a lot from that. Like that's priceless, you know? Um, but I don't think you necessarily need art school to be a successful artist, you know, because no matter what you do, where you go, you gotta just bust your ass, you gotta work hard. You know, like I worked just as hard, if not harder during my summer breaks as I did during the school year, you know, like I came back, from Cubert School in June, and it was just like I was in live drawing. Like Cubert School, we had live drawing once a week. I came back to Brooklyn. I was going to live drawing four times a week. You know, I was spent. I spent you know as much time as I could just drawing from life. And, and at real talk, I feel like that's the best advice that I could give any artist. And it seems to be the advice you no know, that art, young artists don't want to hear. You know, I feel like a, a lot of young artists want to just look at their favorite comic or manga and just draw that. And you'll never get anywhere good doing that. Like you kind of just have to go out in the world and find a way to interpret things, interpret forms, interpret movement, interpret drapery, you know, on your own through, through a unique perspective and see it the way it really is. Not the way Jim Lee draws it, not the way, you know, John Romita Jr. draws it. You have to find a way to interpret those lines and, and those structures, you know, yourself through the natural object. And um, I really feel like for me personally, that's where all my real development came from. And it's the thing that I would, that I would suggest the most to young artists is whether you go to school or you don't go to school, make sure you're out there sketching every day. Okay. All right. And that's, uh, and I've heard that a bunch myself. So, I mean, I understand that. I mean, when you look at comics, you really are, I mean, you're drawing the guy kicking the guy in the face, but you're also drawing the lady at a typewriter typing. You're also drawing the woman at a computer typing. You're also drawing the person going down a flight of yeah. stairs. You know, how do stairs work? You know, that's, that's, that's a silly question, but you, everybody doesn't know how to draw a set of stairs. But I promise you, if you draw that set of stairs yeah. wrong, everybody can figure out pretty quick, that's not the way you draw a side of stairs. <laughs> you know? Facts. Because even though you don't know how to draw it yourself, they, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Fact. And I think, again, that's where I, I have a unique advantage growing up in the city, because like, even before I decided I wanted to draw comics, I was always like sketching on the train, you know, since I was like eight or nine years old. If, every time I jump on the subway, the first thing I do when I sit down is pull out a sketchbook. I have literally like probably over 100,000 drawings of people on the train. So like, yeah, like 
you just you just got to be out there drawing from life, taking it in. And it's not even just what you get from it. Technically, I I also almost literally believe that you get a certain energy from a from the subject when you're sketching them. I almost believe it's like it's like parasite versus Superman. It's like you sketch somebody and you suck like a like an inch of their soul into you, and that energy goes into your work. You know what I mean? So it's like extremely valuable, bro. Okay. All right. I, I definitely appreciate that. And uh, so we're going to get ready to kind of wrap this up. I know you're busy, so I don't want to take too much of your time. But uh, one of the things I want to always do is give people an opportunity to find you and to be able to, you know, if you're selling works, if you're selling art and things like that, I want people to be able to find your stuff. So plug yourself. Go ahead and let us know where we can find you in the land of social medias, websites, things like that. I'd say, boom, I'd say you can find me on Instagram, uh, Damien, D-A-M-I-O-N, Scott Hart. Um, you know, that's for the most part where I post whatever I'm working on currently. Uh, I also have a website up, just DamienScott.com. Um, I also post on Instagram and I post on Twitter, but pretty much anything that, you know, goes through my, my Instagram feed, you, you'd see on all my feeds. Um, currently, again, I'm lining up to uh wrap up the third installment of masters of the sun with the black eyed peas and I, ha I have a bunch of different things going on um but some of them i, I actually can't plug yet so Fair just enough. uh follow me on instagram and you'll see, you'll see it as it comes along okay all right that sounds good well uh first thing first i really want to uh, thank you for being willing to come on and talk with me like i said i've been a big fan for a while and so to get a chance to talk to somebody you know they always say you know don't meet your heroes because your heroes will disappoint you uh, and I would respond to that saying every hero that I've met so far, I've not been disappointed. It all just depends on, you know, being, being somebody's hero doesn't necessarily mean you put them up on a pedestal, but you appreciate what they do. Mm. And so, you know, I, I appreciate what you do. I appreciate your artwork. Like I said, I appreciate the, the, the free form of it, but I also appreciate the, the discipline behind it. It doesn't just feel like somebody took a mark and just threw something down. I mean, it, you you take your time. You're putting things through there. You've got a lot of motion. You've got a lot of volume. You've got a lot of shape. You got a lot of stuff. Just talking, you know, as a as a guy who draws a lot too. Uh, I love your stuff. And so it's just it's just cool to sit down and talk with you, even if it's for just a few minutes. So thank you for coming on. I greatly appreciate it. Um, I wish you nothing but the best as you continue to work on stuff with Masters of the Sun, with the Black IPs, uh, and whatever else you work on in the future. And just know that, you know, I'm sure you have many, many thousands of fans, but just know there's at least one that I'm going to be looking for other stuff of yours that I don't have yet. Just because, you know, I, I love what I see when, I, when, I, when I'm looking at it. So I appreciate you. Nah, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you too, man. Like, thanks for giving me a voice, you know, a, a place to have my voice heard. And, um, you know, I appreciate anybody that supports the work, anybody that supports you know, the efforts that we make to try to put something out there that's representational, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Appreciate I, it. Yeah, I saw a cover, a uh, new cover, I think, where they got Jim Lee doing a cover, and it was like an Asian, it's like an Asian comic book character, Asian DC characters thing or stuff like that. And the main person, like, I saw the cover, and the first person I saw was Cassandra Cain, and I'm going, David built that. Like, that, he started it. Like, he's doing a cover for this. <laughs> Like, you know, even if it's just her on the cover, yeah. like, it should be like an alternate cover or something. I don't know. But anyway, so. Yeah. No, I got, I got to give some, 
I got to give somebody a call up there and make sure they remember that I'm her daddy. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Well, all right, ladies and gentlemen, you've just been a part of another conversation about dot, dot, dot. I greatly appreciate you joining us for it. Thank you so much for rocking with us. Uh, as always, you know, share the show. That's the main thing you can help support this platform. And uh, go find Mr. Scott on Instagram. Trust me, I love the new work that he's going up there. I know he's, I've seen a few of the album covers and stuff that he's done, doing some awesome work. And he's continuing to do awesome work. So go check him out on Instagram, on Twitter. If you do Twitter, uh, go check him out there as well. Go check out the website because I saw some original artwork. And trust me when I tell you, guys, original artwork is kind of going the way of uh, the dinosaur, it seems. Because, you know, so many people do their stuff digitally now. And so when you get the chance to get artwork, then somebody goes and puts pen to paper all together and makes art it's slowly fading away. So if you got a chance to go pick up original comic book artwork, man, grab it. If that's your thing, if you enjoy original artwork, you like to display it, things like that, man, go get it. Go get it now. Because one of these days, we're not going to have it anymore because everybody's literally going to the digital format. Nothing wrong with digital. I'm just telling you, things are changing continually in this market. So get it while you can, man. Uh, and as always, as Thanks. always, do me one favor. Be blessed with a blessing to somebody, guys. Take care. All right, we are out, sir. Uh, once I get this cut up and edited and everything, I will send you the link to the actual episode. It'll be available on Spotify as well as, you know, anywhere podcasts are. And so hopefully it'll be available. I want to try to get it done tonight if I can. So. All right, listen, man. Let's Bet. No, I'll, I'll keep an eye up for it, man. Okay, well, I'll send it to you. So you'll have Word it. Word that, word that, bro. Thanks for the op. No problem. Same here. Take care, man. You have yeah. a nice evening.